Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Last week uh, was Resurrection Sunday, and uh, I have a scripture for you I think is so fitting uh, as we go into week two after Resurrection Sunday. It's found in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It says, because Jesus was raised from the dead, that's what we talked about last week, everybody, that Jesus didn't stay dead, that he took on our sin and shame, he nailed it to a cross, he died, but he was resurrected. That's why we have Easter, we celebrate the resurrection, but resurrection wasn't just a moment or, or, or you know, an event that happened, but it's a person and it's Jesus. And it says, because of Easter, because of resurrection, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. I love that. And everything to live for, including a future in heaven, and the future starts now. I love that. Because of the resurrection, because of what Jesus has done for us, we've been given a brand new life. We've got everything to live for. We've got a life in heaven later. And the future, though, it starts right now. Maybe last week you were one of the 10 people that gave your life to Christ. You said yes to him. I want you to know the Bible says that you've been made brand new. When you said yes to Jesus, you didn't just become a better version of you. You became actually a new version of you. You were made brand new. You may not know that, but I want to show you this in 2 Corinthians. It says this, that anyone, anyone that belongs to Christ has become a what? A new person. Might be thinking, well, I look like the same old person. Well, you're not. You became a new person when you said yes to Jesus. The old life, well, it's gone. And a new life has begun. And I wanna say this about your new life. The future starts now. Your new life can begin today. It's not that you've gotta live stuck in the past, but after you said yes to Jesus, you can begin to walk in the new life that God has for you. But the question is this. All right, if I've got new life, and for some of you, you've experienced that not last week, but maybe you're one of the 20 people that have experienced it since January or over the hundred and you know, now 40 people that have experienced it since we launched as a church. What is next? New life has begun, but the question is this, now what? What do I do? Did I just need to raise my hand and that's it? I'm going to heaven? Praise the Lord. That's awesome. I got, you know, uh, I passed go. I collected my $200. I'm good, right? No, what's next? What is, what is after raising your hand? What is after checking a box? How do you begin to walk in the new life that God has for you? Well, I love what Charles Spurgeon said. Old preacher said this when it comes to walking in the new life that God has for you. He said, conversion is turning on to the right road. So in other words, saying yes to Jesus is turning on to the right road. It's getting your life on the right path. But the next thing you have to do is you actually need to begin to walk on that road. And so my goal today and my help is for, or or, or my job today, I feel like is to help all of us that have said yes to Jesus recently or all of us that are just following Christ to actually walk on the road that God has for you. To not just say, hey, I, I did it, I'm going to heaven. But no, God has a future for you. He has life for you now. He has a fully alive life for you. And I wanna help you walk on that road. See, all throughout scripture, we can see the road that God has for us. We can see the plan that God has for us, not just to to give our lives to him, but he has so much more beyond that. 
So the question is, what, what is it? What is it? And, and here's the thing. When you see it, I think it changes everything. When you see the road that God has for you and you begin to walk on it, it does so much for your life. In fact, Proverbs says this when it comes to seeing the road and begin to, beginning to walk on it. It says that if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And so there is something that God is doing. There is a road that he has for you. And if you can't see it, you'll stumble all over yourselves. But when you do see it, when you, when you do realize the road that God has for you and begin to walk on it, when you attend to what it reveals. In other words, I think what Charles Spurgeon was saying, when you begin to walk on it or you attend to what it reveals or do what it says or begin to walk on the road, guess what? You'll be most blessed. So how do I know that you can have a fully alive life? Well, you can do it when you begin to attend and walk on the road that God has for you. It's in that way that you live a most blessed life. And so here's what I want to do. I want to show you a few things that we see throughout Scripture today that I think are just really helpful for all of us. And so I got a lot of things uh, that I want to say today. And so here's, here's my hope for you. I hope you get out something and take some notes. Today's not a preach Sunday. Today's a note-taking Sunday. And so if you got a journal, get it out. If you got an iPhone, get it out. Um, even if you're not going to take notes, just get something out so it looks like you're taking notes so your neighbor does it, all right? This will be really helpful but I promise you there'll be at least one thing in here, I think, that will be helpful to you. And so I hope you take a ton of notes on how to, how to walk on the road that God has for you. And so what is the road? I wanna show you that today. And the first is this. I think the first thing that God would say, hey, here's something that you can attend to, is this. The first thing is that you learn to cultivate the presence of God in your life. That after you say yes to Jesus and as you start living for him and you begin to walk in this new life, I think God wants you to learn how to cultivate that in your life. See, Jesus isn't meant to just be experienced in a service with a worship set or just here at the front of this as we call it the altar, but he's meant to be experienced every day in your home and in your car and you know at your job. Yes, you can actually experience him at your job. You can experience him when you walk in and you do what you've been called to do. And so I think as you begin to cultivate the presence of God in your life, so much can happen. And there's actually a promise in the book of James that I want you to see when it comes to drawing near to God. And it says this, that when you draw near to him, guess what? He'll come to you. Man, I love just taking scripture at face value. I love reading things like that and saying, you know what? If it's true, if, if God's word said it, it must be true. That is, if I draw near to him, he'll draw near to me. You know, people all over this world spend millions of dollars cultivating or seeking, you know, the presence or supernatural things in life. In fact, the fortune-telling business is a $2 billion business. People that are seeking some sort of supernatural presence. And I hate, I hate that, 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 that people don't realize that you don't have to seek this, this outside supernatural presence, but there is a God that's ready to be found, that's ready to draw near to you when you seek him. And if you seek him, he'll, he'll come to you. And so what are some ways you can begin to cultivate the presence of God 
in your life. None of these things will be new to you. In fact, for many of you, you've heard of all these things that I want to talk about. But it's a good reminder every once in a while to just say, hey, today, let's just make sure we're keeping the main thing the main thing. As you live for God, let me show you some things and let me remind you some things that are really important that will really help when it comes to the presence of God becoming active in your life. The first is this, and I think this is something that we need to all get back to as believers, and it's just engaging in God's word. Man, this book is living and active. It wants to speak to you. For a long time, people have thought, and maybe our culture recently has, has led people to believe that it's just a relic that it's just full of contradictions, that it, it doesn't matter, that it's not helpful. Can I just encourage you? This word, this Bible, it's helpful for you. It'll not only show you about God, it'll help you know God, it'll help you know about his character, but it's full of promises for your life. It's full of instruction for your life. There are some things that you have no earthly wisdom for that I believe if you cracked open this book, you might find some heavenly wisdom for that has the potential to change your life, change your situation, change your parenting. And so as a church, man, what would it look like if we all got hungry for the word of God? If we all got something in us that says, you know what, this is the daily vitamin that I need to take. Before I do anything else, man, I need to open the word of God. I need to let him speak to me. I need to let this thing be breath to me. It can be, but it starts with actually opening it. It's one thing to know about it. It's one thing to have it sitting on your desk. It's one thing to have it sitting, you know, in that corner next to that reading chair. It's another thing to open it up. Say, God, speak to me today. Word of God, speak to me today. It wants to. This thing wants to speak to you. And I think that if you'll learn to cultivate the presence of God through the reading of his word, man, you'll find that he'll show up. He'll speak to you. He'll give you instruction. He'll give things to you that'll breathe life into you. And so it can be daily vitamin to you. It can be a daily dose of everything you need. It is your daily bread. It is the thing that you need every single day. So next month, for the month of May, we're starting a series uh, on the book of Galatians. We thought it was really important uh, to begin helping you cultivate the word of God in your life. And so we're going to go through the book of Galatians next month as a church uh, we're going to give you all a reading plan, and so as you leave next week, everyone's going to get a really nice bookmark, and it's got a reading plan to read through the book of Galatians for the whole month. Now, let me help you, all right? Uh, you might be thinking, I can't do that. Yes, you can. It's six chapters. You have 30 days, so I think it's like two verses a day. <laughs> it's going to be a breeze for you. So we wanted to put the cookies on the bottom shelf and make the entry point like really easy. I just think that everyone could do two verses a day. I think that everyone could open it up. And so here's what I wanna encourage you to do, and we'll talk about it through the month of May. But to take that reading plan, carve out a time every day, do two verses, three verses a day, whatever the reading plan says, and then to just find something, find a, a phone to write in, get a journal, and just write down what God spoke to you through those verses. And I think if you do that, you'll start really feeling the presence of God come alive in your life. Um, I also want to encourage you to bring your Bible next month. I know everybody has version. I know we all have digital, you know, devices. But next week, just for the month of May, as a church, let's all bring a paper Bible. 
Let's all go through it together. I'll even, I'll even get rid of my iPad maybe and I'll try to write down in my paper Bible, all right? I'll, I'll join you. But let's, let's bring a paper Bible next week. Let's hold it. Let's mark it up in our reading. Let's have something that we can look back at and say, wow, God was really speaking to me. Look at those notes in the margin. And so that's next month. So I wanna encourage you to read the word of God. The second thing is this, to just begin living a lifestyle of worship. You know, worship is something that every single day I wanna encourage you to do. Every single day that you would just turn on some worship music, is worship just listening to worship music? No, but it is one of the best ways you can enter into worship, that you would just get up, you turn some worship music on, maybe you do it in conjunction. I'm a little ADD, I can't worship and read the Bible, um, but, but I'll worship some and then I can read some, and maybe that's you, that you would turn on some worship music. Maybe you'd turn it on on your car drive, just just for a week, you'd get off, you know, what, I don't know how to tell you what you're listening to, you know, just whatever you're listening to, and you just change it for a week, for a month, to just some worship music. You'd let the presence of God fill your car. You would shout out. You would be like the best singer ever in your car, that you would shout to the top of your lungs like you're like Mariah Carey or, you know, whoever, and you would just sing it out. You would sing out about his goodness. You would, you would hear the lyrics, but you would absorb them through speaking them out. I think one of the best way we absorb what we're actually hearing is to sing along with it, that you would sing along with the lyrics. And so that you would open God's word, that you would begin to worship, and then you would also begin to live a life of prayer. Man, prayer is, is one of those things that is so hard for people to do. It's such a struggle sometimes for people to start this habit in their life but if you do it, man, it is so rewarding. It is so fulfilling. And I know sometimes it's like, I don't even know where to begin. I'll get down and I'll pray. And it's like, I prayed everything I know how to pray in two minutes. And aren't, you know, and I, and I supposed to pray an hour, you know, aren't I supposed to pray, you know, kneel down beside my bed and like, you know, cry and all that stuff. I just want to encourage you start somewhere. Maybe it's one minute, maybe it's five minutes. Here's one of the best things that I've learned when it comes to prayer that helps me. What's well, to get a time, a time of the day where you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this time every day to prayer. Maybe for you, it's the middle of the day, like your lunch hour where you're gonna go on a walk. But have a time that you're gonna do consistently that you're like, this is my prayer time. Get a time and then find a place. Where are you gonna pray? Make it distraction-free. Make it a comfortable place where, where your cell phone's not there, you know, where the kids aren't screaming, where you know it's going to be a distraction-free time. And so find a time, find a place, and then have a plan going into prayer. You know, there's, you can Google prayer plans all over the internet. There's prayer plans. You can read through the Lord's Prayer. That's a great prayer plan to begin praying through the Lord's Prayer. You can pray through Scripture. Maybe you can begin to journal things in a journal. Hey, these are the things I want to pray for. That way you don't get down. And then, you know, two minutes into it, you're like, I forgot everything that I was supposed to pray for. I just, I got distracted and I don't know what to pray for anymore. Have a plan. And so have a time, have a place, and have a plan. And so number one, I think you can cultivate the presence of God in your life. And that's a great next step for all of us. I think everyone in this room can do a little bit better at that. Number two is this. I think you just need people in your life. You need the presence of God in your life. You need to know him. But I think you also need to, you need to have relationship with those around you. Man, there's nothing better than having a group of people that you can do life with. 
There's nothing better than having a 2 a.m. friend that you can go to and say, hey, I'm just not okay. You know, small groups are more than just activities that take place and people that are gathering together to just hang out and fellowship. Yes, they are a place to connect. They do that really well. But they're not only a place to connect, but they're also a place that that can be a safe place, a place of protection where you can take off the mask and say, hey, you don't know this about me, but man, somebody's got to know this because I am dying on the inside. I've got some situations that I just cannot walk through that I'm hiding from everybody else. And I think somebody needs to know this about me. You know, I've heard it said that you're only as sick as your secrets. And we all need places that we can just take off the mask and say, here's something I'm not telling anybody else, but I feel like you're the right person. Will you pray for me? There's freedom that happens when we take off the mask and we share things that are going on in our life. When we take off the mask and say, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And then we need a place where we can grow. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Each of us need people that can look at you and just as you would say to someone, hey, I'm not okay, we need people that can look at us and say, hey, are you okay? You don't look okay. You got spinach in your teeth. Somebody needs to tell you, you know? We just need those people that will tell us our flies unzipped every once in a while that just love us and care about us. You know what I'm saying? They just love us and care about us enough that they're just bold and honest with us and all of that. And so we need people. We need a place where we can be connected with one another and we can feel safe and we can can sharpen one another. I love what scripture says in the book of Acts. It says this, day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house. See, we see the disciples not only meeting in church, but also house to house. They never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Man, we need more than just Sunday morning in our life. Sunday morning is great, and I love coming together as believers, but we need, we need to be able to talk about Jesus Monday through Friday. We need to be encouraged during the week. And so we meet temple courts and we meet house to house. And then the book of Hebrews, it says, let us, let us consider, let us consider how to spur one another towards love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together. Let us not give up meeting together. Let us not give up on relationships. Let us not get so fulfilled with this life and so fulfilled with the things in this life that we don't, we don't have community in our life. Man, I, 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 I hate, and we're trying to do better. I hate, you know, that, that we live in a world where it's like you pull into your garage and your neighbor's out there and you know like the first thing you do is you just need to shut that garage door because you don't have time to talk to the person next to you. What would it look like if we got back to talking to one another, getting in community with one another, actually saying hi to the person that's walking down the street on the sidewalk beside us? I don't know why, it's so weird. We'll be walking in my neighborhood and we'll say hi to somebody and it's like I just offended him. I'm so sorry I said hi to you. You obviously need some friends. We're just, I think our, our culture's not used to it. Our culture's not used to, to valuing relationships. We've told everyone, just do you, just, just be you. You can handle it all on your own. Can I just say this? You cannot handle life all on your own. You need Jesus, but you really need some people. And so if you would say, I don't have any friends, 
Guess what? This is a place you can make some friends. And so we do small groups. They're just ending. They're about to end in two weeks for our spring semester. But guess what? We're kicking it back off in the month of June. And so in the month of June for six weeks, everyone can join a small group for six weeks. You can get in a small group and you might be saying, you know what? I'd love to lead a small group. Well, the good news is you can. You can join or lead a small group in the month of June. If you wanna lead a small group, just stop by the black tent Tell them, hey, I'd like to lead one. We'll help you learn how to lead a small group this summer. You can open up your home. You can start an activity, do whatever it is that you feel like God is calling you to do. And then I wanna encourage this summer, every one of our you know, members in this church to join a small group, to get in relationship with one another. I love my small group. This small group that we've had this semester, man, so much God has been doing. I'm looking at you right now, Trey, I see you in the middle. This has been a great small group, hasn't it? God's been doing so much in our group, just growing men together and life on life. And I think you all need that. And so I think we need to cultivate the presence of God in our life. We need to get in a small group. And then the third is this. I think we need to get planted in a local church. Some of you guys, you're here and you're visiting for the second time. You came at Easter. or Maybe you've been coming a couple times now. You've come three or four times throughout the year and you've been kind of just checking church out or, you know, we have this whole culture of what they call church shoppers. Anybody ever heard of a church shopper? That's where you just, you never get planted anywhere. You just try out one church for a little while. They make you mad. You go to the next church for a little while. They didn't teach the right way. And you know, and I get it. I get it, right? You got to find your flavor. You got to find your fit. You got to find where are my people at? But you know what? I think that you can only do that for so long. And if you've been living your life kind of hopping from place to place to place, that ain't good. You got to get planted. If you're new in Christ, let me say this. You got to get planted in the house of God. You should get planted in a local church. I don't care if it's this church. It can be any church, but you need to be planted in the house of God. Why? The book of Ephesians says this. It says, you are a member of God's very own family. Did you know that? You're a child of God. You're a member of his family. And so guess where you belong? In God's household with every other member, with every other Christian. There's something powerful about members gathering together, joining together in the body of Christ. You know what? You complete us when you're planted here. You do. You make us better. When you get planted here, the church grows, not just numerically. No, it gets, it gets bigger in, in strength. It gets bigger in stability. The body's healthier when the members get planted. I love what the book of Psalms says. It says this, that the righteous will flourish. The righteous will flourish like palm tree and grow like cedar of Lebanon or cedars in Lebanon. They that are planted in the house of the Lord, they flourish. They flourish in the courts of our God. The righteous flourish. They are planted in the house of our Lord. Man, if you want to flourish, I want to encourage you to get planted. When you get planted, you'll flourish. I promise you. They'll go hand in hand. When you begin to cultivate God's word, when you begin to get in relationship, when you understand that you are a member of the body and you're meant to get planted and grow deep roots, there will be some flourishing in your life. John 10 and 10, that Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. I think you begin to experience that full life when you're giving your all to Jesus, but you're also planted in the house of God. You're serving him. You're a part of the body. You weren't meant just to be alone. Remember, we're meant to be in relationship. 
And so one of the best ways, if you're like checking out LifePoint, you're like, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if this is my church. I don't know if this is a place where I wanna get planted. I get that. Sometimes it's hard to know until you've come a couple times or you've been able to sit down and have a conversation with the pastors and say, what do you believe? And what's different about this place? And how are you gonna handle this? And you know, what do you do with that? And we all have questions. And I think having questions are great things. And so you need a place where you can get those questions answered. And so we've created an environment. It'll be next Sunday, right after church. It happens the first Sunday of the month after every service. And uh, it's called Meet the Pastors. And so I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're trying to figure out, like, is this a place where I want to get planted, come to meet the pastors, okay? Jennifer and I, we'd love to meet you. We'd love to have a conversation with you and just, just share what God's doing here, share vision, share our mission, share what we believe, and then to answer those questions that you probably have as you're deciding, is this my church? Is this where I want to get plugged in? And so it would be the joy of our life to not just know your face, but to actually know your story, to actually know a little bit about you. And for as long as we can do that, man, our goal is to know as much about our church as we can. We want to be in community with you. We want to be in relationship with you like a big family. And so I want to encourage you to attend, meet the pastors. The fourth is this, that you would find your purpose. I think the greatest day in your life is the day you're born and the day you realize why. See, God created you on purpose. Your past, your story, everything you've walked through, God wants to use it. God has purpose for you. He has a plan for your life. One of the things that many people struggle with their whole life is realizing, why on earth am I here? Why did you put me on this earth, God? And God never designed you to never know that. He wants you to know your purpose. He wants you to realize why you're here. And so if you don't know your purpose, if you've ever asked the question, God, why am I here? Can I just say, God wants to help you find that. When you begin to cultivate the presence of God in your life and open up his word and begin to pray and begin to get in community, I promise you, you'll start realizing your why you'll start discovering a little bit about you. And there may be some light bulb moments that go off that's like, this is my purpose. This is why God put me here. Ephesians says this. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. See, when we go all in with Christ, we can find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our, uh, our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Man, I love that. He had his eye on you. He knew you. He formed you, had designs for you. He had his eye on you, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose that he is working out in everything and everyone. And that's good news, that before there was a you, there was a plan for you. Before you even knew God, he had his eye on you. He had a job for you. He had mission for you. He had purpose for you. He never intended you to just try to go through life trying to figure it out. But he actually has a plan and he wants you to know what it is. Because when you know what it is, when you can begin to walk in that purpose, guess what? When you attend to what he's revealed, you can live a life that's most blessed 
And he has that fully alive life for you. And so as a church, we have an environment where we'd love to help you discover your purpose. And look, we can't, you know, I mean, we do it for 30 minutes after church. This isn't a conversation that can just be a one-time conversation. And then you know everything that God has for you of why he put you on this earth. But we do want to get the conversation started. And so the second Sunday of every month, we have an environment called Serve With Us. And serve with us, it's a way to jump on the dream team, but before we talk about what it means to jump on the dream team, we actually go over purpose. We think that design reveals destiny, and as you understand how God designed you, some destiny can begin to get unlocked in your life. And so we go over a really quick assessment where we, wanna, we want some light bulb moments to go off. And every month, we're trying to get better and fine-tune that and ask ourselves questions like, how could we make this a little better? How could we make this a little easier? Because we just think if you can have one light bulb moment that can start you on the journey, man, getting started sometimes is half the battle, right? And so we want to just help you get started on the journey, and we want to show you then how to begin using your purpose. And so I talked about the dream team earlier. The dream team is, is like, it, it, it's, it's the farm system that we have here for you to begin trying out your skills, See, I don't think that God only created skills for you to serve the local church. No, he wants you to serve our city. He wants you to serve our world. But sometimes it's hard to just get started, to figure out, okay, I know I'm kind of extroverted. I know I like people. What do I do with it? Well, what do I do with that? Well, guess what? We'd love to put you in a role here in the church where you could begin practicing that. You can begin having conversations, maybe leading a small group. Maybe you have a passion for production one day, and you think that God designed you in that way way and wants to use you in that way. Well, we've got all kinds of things. The body is full of opportunities. The church is full of opportunities for you to come and begin operating in your purpose, whether you're a creative, whether you're an introvert, there's a place here for you. And so we'd love for you to find your purpose and to begin using it on the dream team. And then the last thing is this. And so I think, I think you should cultivate the presence of God in your life. I think you should, you should get in a small group. These are all things that I think if you do it, not for us, you'll be blessed. We see it all throughout scripture. I think if you get planted in a local church, if you get on mission, if you discover your purpose, so much could change. But the last point is one that I, I think that, that I really should have put at the beginning, but I put it at the end because I wanted it to be the last thing that you heard before you left. And it's this, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, but you have never followed the Bible in what to do next by being water baptized, I think that one of the greatest things you can do to begin to grow in your walk with God is to get water baptized. And so the good news is we're ready today. There's about six or seven people that signed up last week to be water baptized today. And so maybe you didn't come prepared today to get water baptized, but that's okay. I wanna teach about it. And then if you feel like God's speaking to you, you can get water baptized today too. We have everything for you, shorts, t-shirt, towels, all of that. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, it says this, in baptism we show that we have been saved from death and doom by the resurrection of Christ. What a great message after Easter. Not because our bodies are washed clean by the water, but 
Because in being baptized, we are turning to God. And we are asking him, God, would you cleanse, would you cleanse my heart? Would you cleanse my heart from sin? See, in baptism, you're demonstrating a changed life. You're asking God, God, would you seal the moment that I had with you last week or weeks ago when I said yes to him? May you just cleanse my heart. I give you all of me. You know, all throughout scripture, 27 times actually, we see in the New Testament that as people were baptized, or as people believed, they immediately were baptized. We see it all throughout scripture. In Acts chapter two, verse 41, we see this, those that believe and accepted the message. If you checked B last week, if you've given your heart to Christ this year, those that believe and accepted the message, guess what? They were baptized. I can show you over and over in scripture. I'll give you another one. It says, but when they believed, Philip, as he preached the good news, Philip was preaching about God. He was preaching the good news. When they believed that, guess what? In the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And so baptism is a huge deal. It is a act of obedience that we see in scripture that all those that place their faith in Jesus were water baptized. Let me give you three reasons why I think you should be water baptized. Number one is this, that you follow the example set by Christ. See, even Jesus was water baptized in Matthew chapter three. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be what? Baptized baptized. The second is this, you not only follow the example of Christ, but you demonstrate your changed life. You demonstrate what just happened on the inside to everyone on the outside. It says in baptism, we show that we have been saved. And I want to read it again. I just read it, but let me let you just see this. We've been saved from death and doom by the resurrection because our bodies were not washed clean by the water. What? But because in baptism, we're turning to God. We're demonstrating that changed life. We're turning to God and we're saying, God, cleanse me from sin. Baptism really simply is this. It's an outward sign of of an inward change. It's saying something has started. There's a resurrection that started on the inside of me. I didn't know I was dead, but I was dead. And I'm ready to walk I'm ready to walk fully alive. I'm ready to walk in this changed life. Remember the scripture at the beginning? Like when you said yes to Jesus, everything changed. And your future, your new life, it can start now. But it starts by you taking a step. Saying, I'll do more than just see the road, but I'll walk on the road. I'll do more than just know about God, but I'll pray to a God. Do more than just know about his word, but I'll read his word. When you do that, the Bible says you're most blessed. When you do that, I think you begin to experience a fully alive life. The third thing in baptism is this. It just, it confesses lordship, the lordship of Christ over your life. The Bible says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my father in heaven. Whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my father in heaven. 
In baptism, you're saying, Jesus, I'm all yours. I'm all yours. And so the key to your spiritual growth, I really believe, is taking your next step. You know, baptism really, I think, best described is it's like the wedding band of Christianity. It kind of tells the whole world who you belong to. When I put this ring on, it says I'm taken, right? That I belong to Jennifer. She's my wife. When you're baptized, you're sealing that relationship. You're publicly declaring. You maybe heard that before. Making a public declaration with your whole life saying, I'm his, I'm his. And so today I wanna encourage you, if you've never been water baptized, maybe you're baptized as an infant. I don't see anywhere in scripture where infants were baptized. Maybe you grew up Catholic, you know, and that was very common in that practice. I'm not saying there was anything wrong with that, but in scripture, every person that was baptized, I see is baptized after they place their faith in Jesus Christ. Baptism is a decision that is after salvation. Maybe you got baptized as a child at a youth camp, like everybody else was doing it, and so you just did it, right? They were baptizing in the beach, and you thought that was really cool, and you never really had made a decision. You'd never really given your life to Christ. Maybe a few years later, you fully made that commitment. I want to encourage you, if you haven't been baptized since you've said yes to Jesus, since you've made that commitment to place your faith in him, to be water baptized today. If you're thinking, well, I don't know if I can do it today, we'll sign up at the black tent. We'll get you water baptized next week, but everything's ready today. In fact, we see in scripture them come upon one scenario where they said, hey, have you been baptized since you believed? And said, no. Said, well, there's water. Why wait? And so today I would say there's water. Why wait? We got a photographer. It'd be a great picture you can send to your family. Got shorts, t-shirt, towels, all that. It's a nice bathroom over there to get dressed in. We would love to baptize you. We would love to help you take your next step today. And so would you close your eyes all over this room? Nobody looking around. I wanna ask you a question today. And the question is this, what is the next step that you need to take in your walk with God? Maybe for you, it's to begin to cultivate his presence more in your life. You've said yes to Jesus. You're, you're saved. You're going to heaven. But man, he's really far from you right now or you're really far from him. You just haven't felt him in a long time. I wanna encourage you what James said so true that if you draw near to him, man, you'll see him. He'll draw near to you. So maybe your next step this week is to go home and begin seeking his presence again, to pray again, to open up his word again, to worship again, or maybe for the first time. I don't know what your next step is. It could be community. It could be getting planted. Or maybe it's baptism. But I know everybody probably has a step today you can take. So I just want to encourage you. It's one thing to see the road. It's another thing to walk on the road. And so today, would you make a determination in your heart that you're going to reveal and attend to what he said 
and you're gonna begin to walk on the road that he has for you. I think if you'll choose today to take a next step, man, you'll get to the end of this year and you'll say, man, I'm most blessed. As I stepped to him, he stepped to me. And so two questions I have for you. What is God speaking to you right now? What next step is he speaking to you? And then what are you going to do about it? I wanna encourage you to walk out of here today determined that you're gonna do something about what he's speaking to you today. Wouldn't just go in one ear and out the other. Maybe for you, your step today is to just simply put your faith in him to receive resurrection and life. You've walked in and you know you're far from God and you're like, hey, my next step is to just give my life to him. That's you, it's really easy. The Bible says anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I wanna lead you through a prayer. If you would say, hey, that's me today. I, I need to give my life to Christ. Would you pray this with me? And you can pray it in your heart. You can pray it out loud, whatever you wanna do. Just say, Heavenly Father, today I give you all of me. I make you Lord of my life. I repent. In other words, I turn from my sin, the way I've been living. Today, I wanna get started on your path. Father, as I get started on your path, would you allow me to walk in a brand new life? In your name I pray, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.